freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> Yeah, breaking news about a half hour ago from Adam Schefter and Brady Henderson. Uh, Tariq Woolen, arthroscopic knee surgery will keep him out until the start of training camp. Follow-up from Schefter says that he injured his knee while walking onto the practice field for OTAs a week ago. Mm. See, this is why Jamal Adams shouldn't come, Brock. I don't know mm. why you keep saying Jamal Adams needs to be out there. The only thing that can happen if you show up is that you get hurt. Look at Tariq Woolen. Right. He didn't right. even make it out to the practice field. The poor guy took five steps and had yeah. to have his knee scoped. And he's got a pretty good track record of injury. If Jamal had been there, he probably would have had to have more fingers fused together or something. Are so it's done? a good thing. I'm, just okay. I, I'm mostly joking. Okay, so, so oh, let me let just me finish see. the, uh, the right. report. Doctors reviewed the injury and Woolen underwent surgery Today in Houston, it went as well as doctors could have hoped, according to a source. Okay, so on my little piece of paper right here, uh, where I read some of my uh, copy, I've I, ho- got I hope salt. you're. I hope you now know not to question anybody's ability to get to uh, to practice again. How I've dare you? I've got Salk, Justin, Mora, Brock. I got the four of us, yeah. and I've got a scale uh, from zero to one hundred, and on that scale is cynicism. Okay. The, the cynic scale yes. on a scale of zero to 100. Where is Salk on that cynicism scale? Me? Yeah. Which is the most cynical, 100 or zero? 100. Not that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm skeptical. I'm not cynical. I'm just skeptical. Okay, so that's a 50. Skeptical's a 50. Yeah, I'd say so that's right. I'm, yeah, I'm going to say you're more about a 65. Well, that's okay. sort of an exaggeration. Uh, uh, more, where is Mora on the old uh, cynicism, cynic Higher scale? Higher than people think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My last relationship bumped that up. Um, I probably, probably at least a fifty. Yeah, okay. I put more like fifty-five. I'm gonna put if more. I'm being real about myself, let's be uh-huh. real about me. I'm an eighty. Okay. All right. Let's, let's let's get me right here. I'm an eighty. I'd put more at like uh-huh. a sixty. Okay, more. I, I think that's fair. Yours truly. I'll take it. Yours yeah. truly now or me, yours yeah. truly then? Well, well, maybe I started at a zero. When you so and I started working together, you were a zero. zero. I was a negative. Was now, a negative. what did we say? I'm an 80? Yeah. You're an 85. Stop. I'm stop not going to stop. I have the receipts, as G likes to say, right here on my phone. I, I know exactly how cynical you are, and I'm going to say no it chance. is just slightly more cynical than I am. You're 85 percent. You are 85 percent, and I will and go to the grave with this. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Die on this hill. Where is Justin? Yeah, where is Justin? We're talking in life, right? Ten. Yes. Okay. Ten percent. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a very low number. So out of the four of us, when this news breaks, which of the four of us has the most cynical reaction then? <laughs> wasn't me no. my immediate reaction nope. was that's ah, just an arthroscope it's just a scope he's gonna be just fine mine was what a bummer that we didn't really put this together we should have we kind of hinted at it said there was a conspiracy the conspiracist would say yeah you know maybe something is going on you sign already something maybe there is an injury like yeah that. sorry yeah. yeah and then you know one of the other two maybe with the lowest level of cynicism says what what'd you say justin I was like, ah, that's a mighty, oh, that was mi- private. You want to keep that off here? Mighty convenient. <laughs> 
the second you walk on the field, you get hurt. <laughs> right. So what do you think? He was hurt beforehand, and you know this all, is all this way. It's like, not non-football injury it related. Sounds a little bit like when you you ding your car and you're like, my insurance doesn't kick in for thirty more days. So I guess this happened thirty days from now. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know I don't what the deal that. is. I'm not, I'm not. That's not me, though. Brock, but, how you know, serious is an arthroscopic you, knee surgery? Yes. Yeah, not serious, especially with the follow-up to it, which was he'll be ready by training camp, right? So we're sitting here on Memorial Day. Training camp is less than two months away. So you're talking about a six- to eight-week recovery? If he's going to be ready for training camp, you're talking probably four weeks. You know, he's going to be back out there starting to do stuff. And then he's got two, three weeks to get himself in, in you know, great football shape, which he, which he is. He's a tremendous athlete and not a big deal. Not a big deal. Okay. Cartilage, meniscus, loose bodies, whatever it is. Does it concern you at all, assuming that uh, cynical Justin over there is incorrect and that this is actually how he heard it, would that be concerning at all that he heard it walking out onto the field? That would be very strange. That would be very strange. I mean, we saw Kevin Durant sprain his ankle in, you know, walking Maybe he out caught a sprinkler head like Michael Saunders. Maybe he did. I, I, that would be a first. I mean, we've seen a lot of different injuries over there over the years in every different sport. But walking out on – and it wasn't as if over the last few weeks it's been wet. If anything, it's been beautiful, right? I mean, sunny and, and terrific weather. So you wouldn't think like, yeah, it was a – he slipped and, you know. That, but that would be – not maybe a first. Maybe there has been somebody walking out to the field that's gotten hurt, but I've not heard them much. That does kind of resonate. Or if you are a cynic, you would say, yeah, probably playing hoops. You know, Bobby Wagner saying he's getting himself in shape, mm-hmm. playing yoga, doing yoga and playing basketball. Guys love to play hoops, you know, and, and maybe it was doing that and just kind of tweaked it. And, man, it's not quite right. And I'm going to walk on the practice field mm-hmm. and maybe I'll, I'll use adrenaline and see how I'm feeling. Oh, you know what? Not quite right. Not not doing good. Probably not uh, with his first pitch, right? We don't think that had anything to do with it, right? I, 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 I would assume so, that no. doesn't seem like a way you would get hurt on a first scoped. pitch. It would have probably the, been bombed. The conspiracist does probably wants to go a level deeper and be like corner oh. at five. What? <laughs> we just got that text, so I'm bringing it up. Wow! <laughs> so this has been a thing. This is why they took a corner at the, five. The wow! Said, that that's is why they took a corner. At five. That is some serious conspiracy are, are, level are tin hat level with stuff. The word yeah, we're going with conspiracists. Now. We are okay. That's some real serious <laughs> conspiracist <laughs> level Brock stuff you got going the, on there. The yeah. Dictionary. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that'd that's, be a little rich, even have, for my blood. Have you been hurt in a really simple way though? Like, have you ever just done something so simple? Like we saw Curtis Rogers say, "I tore my Achilles walking across the sidewalk." Justin, Justin, do you know your boy? Do you know how much I was hurt? (laughs) Yeah, but you didn't fall in the shower and break an arm or something. Uh, Pretty close. I was on the toilet at Haga Hall, and I stood up, and the little hook on the door split the top of my head. What? I was... Doing, I was doing the vertical jump test. Never told that story before. Yeah, I was doing the vertical jump test, and all of a sudden I go to vertical jump, and in be- the, the webbing in between my thumb and index finger gets caught on the like screw on the on the bar and rips that open Ooh. for stitches. Oh. Like ridiculous. Just I'm on the basketball court at Port Angeles on a fast break, and all of a sudden this guy tries to steal the ball. We bonk heads, and it's like the movie Carrie. <laughs> I am bleeding on the court in the most profuse way that it was like. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, your boy has been hurt in a lot of ridiculous, ridiculous ways. Wow. Okay. But on the practice field, walking onto it? <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> it's 
maybe even a good one for me. All right. Well, there you go. That is uh, the breaking news from Adam Schefter and Brady Henderson that Tariq Woolen is going to uh, already had, I guess, uh, arthroscopic knee surgery. Not the end of the world. Again, of all the knee surgeries, just to kind of go over that again, it's not an ACL. It's not a year of coming back. It's it's essentially a pretty clean procedure. They go in, they scope the knee, and, and you're back out there pretty quickly. I mean, yes. he won't be ready until training camp, so that's, what, three months? To not no, even two, two months, months. Yep. but but my guess is if he were if this were taken care of in the regular season, it would be even less than that. Yeah, they're going to do everything to get him right. He banked an immense amount of experience. If somebody could miss some of these OTA reps and you know it is and go into a sophomore year and be ready to go, I think it will be Tariq Woolen. And yeah, I mean, just kind of a bummer. He won't get to work with Devin. Won't be out there. But my hunch is. I think he'll have that surgery in Houston. He'll recover there for a little bit, and then we will see him out at mandatory. And isn't it funny, too? Remember we were talking about, oh, what happens now with Mike Jackson and what happens now with Trey Brown? Just goes to show you, the moment you think you have depth, all of a sudden you got a question mark in that exact spot, right? Mariners had all this pitching. Well, what are they going to do with all these guys? Well, Robbie Ray got hurt, and Chris Flexen was ineffective, and Marco hasn't been all that effective. The next thing you know, you could be looking at a rotation somewhat somewhere down the line that essentially is Luis Castillo, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, Bryce Miller, and Brian Wu. Yep. I mean, like, what a what a weird thing depth is in sports and how quickly things can change. So that is the big breaking news. We'll come back, give you everything else you need to know next. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com, this hour brought to you by 3010 Weight Loss for Life. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yesterday, the Seahawks somewhat surprisingly signed cornerback Artie Burns. Also, Tariq Woolen wasn't at OTA practice. Today, we found out why as he has a uh, arthroscopic knee surgery done today, according to Adam Schefter and Brady Henderson, and uh, will be out until training camp, but should be available to start once training camp gets going in August. We also find out that he injured it walking out onto the practice field last week. A bit of a surprise, but that's the news. Hmm. Yeah, things that make you go, hmm. The Artie Burns signing did yesterday. I, I think the people that cover the team, even uh, Greg asked that question, and DK kind of clapped back at him. You know, hey, take it down a notch. You know, the reason we signed him is because he's a veteran voice, and, and he's a guy that's been here before. But, no, I think the reality was the reason you signed him is you took a little bit of a depth hit with that, and you need another body in there. And Artie was here last year, and he too, unfortunately, was a guy that was banged up and never really got to, to show what he was capable of. If there is a position that can handle – some of that injury, certainly from a competition standpoint, and some may argue, hey, this gives you an even better opportunity to mm-hmm. look at Devin Witherspoon and look at Trey Brown, who's been beat up, and look at Michael Jackson and, 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 and let those guys just go for it, knowing that Tariq will come back for training camp. Maybe there can be a little silver lining with that arthroscopic surgery. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, more uh, Seahawks content just to kind of go through it. They did have full squad OTAs yesterday. Daryl Taylor, another guy who wasn't there. Hopefully that's not a similar situation and that we don't find out more news uh, on his absence. We also uh, got to hear from both Bobby Wagner and Geno Smith. Geno excited about his wide receiving core, etc. And as for Bobby, I think certainly just kind of happy to be back and trying to understand some of the differences in this defense. I think there's like uh, kind of a combination of, of a lot of defenses, but I mean, there's some stuff that we've ran in the past, some stuff that 
um, you know, I got introduced to with the Rams. Um, so we're just kind of, this is the time to build a defense. And so we're just trying new, new looks, new formations. And, you know, I'm excited to just learn and, you know, get to know everybody again. It is cool having Bobby back, and it's cool uh, kind of seeing him and hearing him in this position of getting to know some of the other players, what they're all about, what his new team is like. It's not going to be the same as the LOB. It's not. It's a different group of guys with a very different tone and tenor. But his sort of perspective on experiencing that, you're right, Brock, is very interesting. Well, what did Jeff Passon call it? Institutional knowledge? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got about as much of it as anybody down there, right? I mean, I know he came in a few years after Pete and John, and and but basically he helped build that thing, and he was the leader, and he was the rock, and he has all of that background. And that's not why you signed him, to just share all of that institutional knowledge and pass it on. You signed him because he needs to stop the run. You signed him because even last year he showed you, Mike, when he goes forward and he can play that position going forward, he can be a difference to stop the run game. A question that you have, mm-hmm. a question that even Lewis Riddick, who was uber positive on these Seahawks, said, yeah, yeah, that'll be the real thing. If you want to play that receipt for me and, and have me back on, if they're still giving up five yards a carry, then then I get it. Then maybe that draft, you do question some of the moves they make. But Bobby was brought here to stop the run. I hear, by the way, in that answer, like something positive, and that is, you know, we're, we're not going to just line up in one front and one coverage. Mm-hmm. and do. We're trying to figure out who we are. There's a lot of defenses. There's a lot of defense, a lot of cover, a lot of fronts, a lot of things, and we've got to figure out with this personnel exactly what we do best. Here's the third thing you need to know. It's a heck of a night for the Mariners. I mean, Jared Kelnick goes deep, three hits, three RBI. Jose Caballero goes deep. He was great again. Julio <clears throat> with three hits, including a double, scored a couple of runs. That was great to see. And with all of that happening, how about the dude on the mound? You heard Jeff Passon say Luis Castillo is back. He also had the strikeout number 1,000 last night. Here's the windup, man. The one-two on the way to Langoliers. Swing and a miss. Strike three. There is strikeout. Number five for Luis Castillo. One away for Oakland here in the top half of the fifth inning. And listen to this crowd. That is career strikeout number 1,000 for Luis Castillo. And he's getting a standing ovation from the folks here at T-Mobile Park. He needed five. He gets five with a strikeout of Langoliers. 1,000 strikeouts for La Piedra, the Rock. Luis Castillo, congratulations to Luis. Do you want to sing? I mean, I, I don't sang, need to sing. No, I sang a little bit. No, I don't need John. to sing. No, I sang Let's Get Physical. No, I really don't need to. Let's, and it's in everybody's head now as we're <laughs> driving around. Are you sure? I mean, this is a time for a little unchained melody. Come on. I don't want to sing. Oh, come on. Oh, don't make me sing. Really? Don't make me sing. <laughs> no, don't make me sing. Uh, anyway, that was pretty, pretty nice cool. last very night. Very they cool. went 11-2, to and uh, they'll get back to it tonight. Marco. Uh, on the mound against Luis Medina and the A's. That's everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here in the Brock and Salk Show. Oh, I should also add all these updates on uh, injuries. Cal Raleigh, mostly positive. They're going to be cautious, though. Dylan Moore to return on this homestand. We heard Jeff Passon say he would send down Sam Haggerty. I would not. I, I would DFA Colton Wong. I think that's better for your team overall. Uh, Munoz uh, feeling a little bit better through a light bullpen. That's good news. I- I've been... 
you know, that that's what I've been watching, Brock. I mean, it started yep. off with, oh, he's going to be back in April, and now all of a sudden it's going to be June. I mean, like, it's just kind of mm-hmm. been pushed and pushed. I'm glad to hear that uh, that he said yesterday, uh, Justin Hollander said yesterday, that he was feeling better than at any point since the spring. Good. I hope that's true, and I hope we get to see the real Andres Munoz. Yep. But that's just, again, one that's got my eye. Penn Murphy should return on the next road trip. And then, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's sort of who's coming back right now. For the hey, Mariners. are these Oakland A's the worst team in the history of baseball? God, they sure look like they could be. I mean, I, I don't say that in a high, hyperbolic way. I mean, just they are – is Billy Bean still there? I mean, there's one thing to, like, tear the whole thing down. And then there's another thing to just have to run out. I mean, I, I – I was looking at their record. The uh, do you know what their record is? Have you, have you looked at their win loss total? And this is again nothing to diminish an eleven two win. I'm, I'm not bringing that up to like poo poo that. They are now ten and thirty nine. Yeah, I mean they could win not even win forty games. Forty games. Yeah, thirty five. Like how can the thing you... is, it's not just like we've seen the A's rebuild before, correct? And you're like, man, who are these guys? I never but heard of any of these guys. And then you'd watch them, and you'd be like, oh man, I don't know who that guy is, but he's pretty good. Oh, that's right. Miguel Tejada. It turns out he's really good. Oh, yes. that's Eric Chavez. Oh, that's you know Chapman. Oh, that's Olson. I mean, they were yes. turning out players who were just too young to be where they were. Yes, I got to tell you, I, I've watched them now for what is it, four games so far this year against the Mariners. I don't see anybody on that team who even looks like a, a, a potential good player. 10 and 39. Langoliers was supposed to be like a big key to that deal with the Braves from Matt Olson. He's terrible. Mm. And, and, and the other guy they cut, I mean, like, dude, it has been rough. It, they, they don't look very good at all. No, I mean, I think they're, yeah, they're on pace for 35 wins. I mean, I just, I can't remember a team. We've seen yeah. bad baseball teams. I can't remember a team that, that was is actually on my list. I, I know we had to do personal time with Jeff, but one of the questions on my list list with for him today was kind of what ends up happening with the A's and Rays and those sagas. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the A's are we think going to go to Vegas. I mean, like, again, I'll believe it when I fully see it, but they're, I guess, going to go to Vegas. Are they going to change ownership? Are they going to spend? Are they going to change their tune? Are they going to build this thing for real? Or is, you know, is this just been right. a major league style? How do we get out of Oakland thing? Or do they plan to continue to, to play like this as they go to a new city? They can't. So, I, you know, what happens with that saga? Do they get sold? And then the Rays, there are teams or, or there are other owners interested in buying the Rays. Some want to keep them in Tampa, St. Pete. Some want to move them out of town. Do they like? Where do those two sagas end? And it's so interesting how they're taking such completely different yes. paths yes. towards the end of their various uh, situations. So, yeah. anyway, uh, it is a complete mess. And you know what? You really want to dominate this series. Like, yep. I, you know, I would never say that you have to sweep a four-game series. But you better win three out of four in this one. I mean, like, this team is that bad that, honestly, anything less than a sweep is even a little bit disappointing. Uh, let's talk through what, what we did see last night. I don't care how bad they are. We saw three awesome signs last night. We'll dig into them a little further next. Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710, salesports.com. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. I still don't know whether I fully agree with what Jeff said earlier. Jeff Passan, who joined us, he said that, you know, Julio Rodriguez has the higher upside than Jared Kelnick. Maybe he does. 
I mean, Julio's just so athletic that, you know, the the ability for him to hit the baseball and everything else he does. But, I mean, Jeff's reasoning that he's a center fielder, I don't know. That's not enough for me. If if Kelnick were, if they wanted to put a Kelnick in center field, be a perfectly good center fielder. And he's such a positive defender on the corners that I, I don't know. Yeah, Look, I think he pointed more to the strikeout, right? Just okay. that, that, you know, that that is... He's fixed a lot of things in amazing ways, but there is there still, but I'd be curious to look at the whiff rate or the chase rate between those two this season. I don't have those baseball savant numbers in front of me right now. Maybe Luke Arkins, if you're listening right now, you can tweet us. You would. Is he chasing and, and whiffing more than Julio? I don't think he is last time I peeked at those numbers. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, let's also remember that, you know, he, he is doing what this organization is asking these guys to do. And that is, Hey man, do, do not swing. You know, he's, he's got a bunch of strikeouts looking, but that's not the pitch he's looking to hit. Or, you know what, that guy just beat him on that one. Or that guy, you know, nibbled on the edges in some ways that he's just not going to go after. And when he gets his cookie, He's going to eat it, and he's done it better than anybody else this season for this ball club. Yeah, so I, I think I, that's I'm not what he pointed necessarily. To. I mean, Julio's upside obviously is incredible, which is why he got the gigantic contract that he got. This to me is not about Julio's limits. It's the fact that I'm not sure Jared's limits are are you know right. as as low as people might think. Right. I think he's got unbelievable potential, which is why there was a time not that long ago he was ranked as a better prospect than Julio, and he was one year older, so that you know that factors in a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a, a a very strong belief in Jared Kelnick and his incredible success this year has started to validate some of that. I also just like the way he plays. I just I enjoy like his that. intensity. I do like, do. And, and that's not a shot at Julio, but there's like something just awesome for me personally, just as an aesthetic as a baseball yes. fan. Yes, because I one love, of your favorites. I love the you, Jared Kelnick types. Right, one of your favorites when you covered you know Boston and doing that job with the baseball team was their second baseman. Right? I love you, Dustin Pedroia. I really yes, did, did enjoy covering Dustin Pedroia. And there is some Pedroia personality intensity to the way that Kelnick goes about his work. I mean, he he plays with that kind of edge you know so much so that you know what how does scott characterize it we got happy jared you know like we all if we get happy jared we're we're all good because he can be really hard on himself for the record jared's been much better about not chasing this year than julio yeah i mean i I didn't look at whiff i guess i looked at chase rate yeah he's at 48th percentile julio's at i think was 17th yeah uh for whiff percentage jared's at 25 percent and julio is at hold on i'm getting it it's coming up yep I don't know, somewhere in that in Somewhere that in that range. Yes. So 25% not being good, right? Like that whiff rate. 25, 25th percentile, yeah. Yeah, the lowest. Yeah, yeah right. Julio's in the 22nd percentile. So Kelnick's Cal- actually been better than Julio in both of those categories this year. Yeah. Obviously, Julio's not having a very good year so far, so that, you know, is going gonna, is gonna to alter kind of. But they did last that. night, man. Holy smokes, did those two get after it last night. And it did present, and you asked this earlier in the show, like, can you, can you imagine a world – were those two are your your horses, man? Were, were they leading the the cart? <laughs> well, how can you not be able to imagine it when you see it like last night? And it, and it's funny that we've never really had a chance to see it in action. We've never really seen Julio and Kelnick on at the same time. Yep. Right. I mean, when Jared kind of got it for a little while at the end of his rookie that first season, Julio, Julio wasn't up here. yet. Mm-mm. And then last year, I mean, Kelnick, he was okay at the end of the last year. He was like, you know, he got pressed into duty because of Winker and this and that. And he had a few great at-bats. He had some moments, but he, but wasn't, he did not I just mean, this. he wasn't terrible. 
but he wasn't good. Julio was great. Yep. And so far this year, Kelnick has been crushing and Julio has been sorted down. And then finally yesterday, it was like, oh, oh, that's what it looks like when those guys combine for six hits in a game. And Kelnick drives in three, hitting right behind him. And it's righty, lefty, and the speed combination. And both guys, I know Kelnick was DHing last night, but both guys playing good defense, great arms, throwing it. I mean, like, the two are just both so multi-talented. It's amazing how many skills they possess. And it is pretty remarkable that as Jeff Passon was, you know, in real time trying to ponder, maybe you can come up with a few other combinations in the outfield over the years you have not really seen in baseball uh, Stanton and Yelich came up in Miami together. Obviously, I mean, way back stay. you go to like Fred Lynn and Jim Rice. I mean, like you could. I mean, like you could go sure. way back. But just in the last twenty-five years, you know, as far as <sighs> just top prospects coming up together with huge ceilings, you just at, at, at that position. You've seen it maybe in the infield, right? You've seen it at some other spots with a corner players or a shortstop and a first, But to have two in the outfield, yeah, there's not. <laughs> Been yeah, I've been many. trying to think of it since yeah. you since you mentioned it. Two really the Royals good. The, when the Royals won the title, right? They had the great center fielder, young guy, kind of got slowed down by some injuries over the years. Did they have a couple guys out there in the outfield? I felt like Kane was one of them, right? Yeah, but he didn't he didn't necessarily materialize. Yeah, Kane was pretty good. Had a really I mean, good was. career. Went to he Milwaukee. Was. Yep. Uh, but, you know, that was Alex Gordon, who was had already sort of come up and done his thing, and Hosmer. Yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, ish, yeah, ish, ish, yep, ish. I don't know. I don't know whether I would quite put that on the list, but I, yeah, all right, ish. Like it, you could kind of point to. But it literally, a that bit. is what it takes for this offense. As Jeff said to us, talking about this pitching staff and talking about their rotation and talking about what they did, and you know, I tweeted over the weekend that you know this is a six fifty winning percentage base uh, pitching bullpen starters. They they've been good enough this year to be a six fifty. You should be ten games above five hundred if. You had just the offense contributing and in, in playing, you know, and doing their job. And, you know, play that service sound for me one last time today because I don't want to overplay this and don't want to say, hey, this is the tent pole moment. This is when things change. We don't know that. But this is pretty significant because it wasn't Scott driven. It sure feels like it was clubhouse. No, it was more Scott observed. Yeah, the, the tone was said earlier in the day when we got into the ballpark. Um, you know, the, the pregame meetings today and stuff, our players, our position players were not happy. Um, you know, they know that our pitching has been doing an outstanding job, giving us a chance to win every night. And we're not taking advantage of it. So um, talking to a few of the guys and then um, sitting in the meetings today, there was a, definitely a different vibe about it. We need to pick it up. We need to get going. And now's the time. So it was great to see you tonight. Again, it's just a start. You get tired of it as a team. And I know this is a little bit of a team, different team sport than some of the others. This one does have kind of independent contractor feel to it at times, but they've all got to be on the job site doing their job, you know, versus a, a football that has an offense and a defense. But yeah, you, you've certainly been around and covered enough, seen enough teams where, you know, a defense is dominating. Come on, offense, just score. Just do your job. Just, contri- just contribute so we can play you know, ball together with some synergy. And when we're having to carry all the load of an offense scoring a bunch, you know, like last year at times with the Seahawks, man, there's offense scoring enough defense, stop the run. Just don't be dead last in the league. You know, give us an opportunity to play complimentary ball. And I think that's what I hear in that yesterday is finally, you know, like, hey, we we can't strike out at this rate. Five of the 11 of us or five of us in here are five of the worst strikeout guys of 11 in the last month of the season. That's untenable, and that has to stop. Mm-hmm. 
And boy, what perfect timing to face an Oakland team that is more than scuffling. That's one of the most struggling teams in all of baseball. And hopefully <laughs> you can get healthy. You ever think about a guy like Mark Kotze, who I covered for a year in Boston, seemed like a really nice guy. And is he really, the skipper? He is. He was a really good ball player in San Diego and in Oakland and elsewhere and yep. in Boston for a year or so. And then you see him like, you know, he's managing this ace team. And to say they don't have talent is not even right. I mean, like, honestly, they just they are not a major league team. And it's not even just that they're not a complete major league team. They might not even really have many major leaguers ever on like guys who should ever really be. Like, in the major I'd be leagues. very, very curious if they played in, in the double A Arkansas league. Like how would they fare against, you know, some of those? I don't know. Teams? I mean, like, you know, would Brian Wu and, and Emerson Hancock and those guys carve up this lineup? Maybe. I, I don't know. It's Probably. a good question. Yeah. But it, they don't they don't look like major leaguers in really any part of it. Hitting, pitching, defense. I mean, like other than poor Tony Kemp, who's like stuck there looking around like, yep. what am I doing? Here. Well, and that one starter that has dominated the Mariners, I don't think yeah, we're going to see good. him on this homestand, hopefully. Um, outside of that, yeah, this is, a, this is a rough, rough group. Yeah, it's it's. So tough. if you're Mark Kotze, do you look back and go, why did I say yes to this? Well, I mean, you're getting major league money, and you're getting an opportunity to learn the game, and hopefully it doesn't ruin your reputation so that you can go get a job somewhere else down the line. Yeah. But yeah, what a what a weird, tough gig. Anyway, uh, I just, I'm sort of almost irrationally excited about yesterday, and I know it was just one game, and I know Oh, it's the like I honestly I, I can kind of compartmentalize yeah. that, but it's not going to stop me because I can look at Kelnick's numbers over the course of the year and I can see. I mean, I'm just I, since I still have his baseball savant page up, mm-hmm. 82nd percentile on average exit velo in the in the league, 82nd percentile on max exit velocity, 85 percent percentile in hard hit percentage, 80 I'm sorry, 85th percentile in XWOBA. 84th in XBA, uh, 88th in expected slugging percentage, 67th in barrel percentage, 87th in arm strength, 60th in sprint speed. There's some others that aren't great with percentage, K percentage, walk percentage aren't as high as you want them to be. I think that walk percentage is going to go up. Of all of the ones, look, the K percentage is a problem. Jared's going to strike out. I get it. Walk percentage at 33rd percentile, not good. And I think that will go up. I think Jared Kelnick can be a top half of the league guy in terms of eye when it's all said and done in terms of taking walks. And if that's the case, if he can just get that number high, I don't care as much about the K percentage. He's going to hit for power. But if he can get the walks up to 50th percentile, Mm -hmm. dude, I think you're talking about a perennial all-star in terms of who Jared Kelnick is because of all the other things he can do. Yeah, we said yesterday, Kirby, right now, the only all-star. I think that's, the, you know, I mean, there's some really good outfielders. In yeah, the I don't think like, Kelnick makes the all-star team this year. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, but he, you know, if he can go to this break being the best player on this team, what an absolutely injection of further mm. confidence for him. Right? Not 10 games, not 20 games, not 50 games. You know, he can get to 80, 90 games that all-star break and keep doing this and be their best player. Man. I asked this earlier, but I'll throw it out there again. Do you th- – oh, that's a good one. Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla Ooh. in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. And throw Andy Van Slyke into that mix as well. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Jermaine Dye and Johnny Damon. Uh yeah, was that when they were with the was die with the Royals with Damon first? Must have been. Yep. I think he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see about Acuña and Harris. I mean, Harris is having a really tough but second again, year. You, both of those you're looking back to the 90s. Yeah, no, obviously I mean, you're going back a little ways. Five years, yeah. For sure. For the Pirates 35, 40 years. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. Yep. 
Yeah, no, it's it's been a while. Somebody else, Andre Dawson and Tim Raines with the Expos. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's been a little while <laughs> yes. since you've had that conversation. Do you think that there is any chance Jared Kelnick is the person who could help Julio kind of get through this, just given what he's been through and now seems to have come out the other side of over the last two years? Yeah, that was one of my, again, I, I'll take full responsibility for personal time with passing. It's stretched into four or five minutes. Can't happen. But now we got the jingle. He's going to sing it. It sounds really awesome, much better than me doing it. That was going to be one of my questions is who would be the best voice for Julio? Is it a hitting coach? Is it the manager? Is it a veteran? Is it his own hitting coach and swing coach and his own people around him that all of these guys do have? I would think it would be one of those before it would be Jared. I think. But if Jared keeps doing this... Maybe, maybe I'm not saying just, he's the most likely. Maybe you almost learn by best. association, right? Maybe it's not even like, hey, I, I, I've got to go to him, and maybe I just keep watching him, and maybe I keep seeing him. Golly, gosh, he's going the other way. He's not even swinging hard. How is he doing that? He's not over swinging. He's not jumping out of his shoes like I am. That's right. You know. So maybe maybe it's almost by just watching. I remember, <laughs> I remember when Damon was down in Miami with Marino, and he came back, and and I was still in college, and we went out and through that summer, and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you holding the ball like that? You know, and it wasn't like I'm just going to mimic Dan Marino. But when you're around the guy all the time and every day, yeah. and you see how he's going about doing his job, he's like the best ever. Maybe I'll try to do a little <laughs> yes. bit of what this guy does. Sure seems to be working for yeah, him. All exactly. right, good conversation. See if they can keep it going tonight uh, against the A's. Right now, it's time for ranked. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Before we rank today, let me make sure I shout out Cecily Salk on her ninth birthday. Wow. Nine years ago today, she was born. Happy birthday, Cecily. Happy birthday. So happy birthday to my lovely second daughter, Cecily. Brock, I was at the Mariners game yesterday. They're doing some birthdays and anniversaries. There was like 15 people yesterday who were celebrating anniversaries mm. at the big screen. It's just been a big day. You. Yeah. May 22nd. Big yeah. one. Oh, Very I one. found out from Mike Luck yesterday that it was Dave Wyman's like 30-year wedding anniversary yeah, yesterday, was, too. So you and Wyman got married on the same day, Brock. Pretty big deal. Did you plan to get married on Dave Wyman's anniversary? It's, did you plan on Cecily being born a day after her <laughs> anniversary? No. Not at all. That's a good question. It's going to happen that way. <laughs> uh, today we are ranking, Justin, school. Yes. School's ranked. School's Why? School's ranked. Two reasons. One, uh, today's anniversary of the first nursery school in the U.S. In the Obviously. Nursery. And your school field trip that you went on yesterday. I did go on a school field trip with uh, Avery's class to the planetarium, which was fun. And there you stayed go. awake. I stayed awake, Yeah. Incredible. Learned a lot of fun facts. I did learn a lot of fun facts. There was one kid who was arguing with the uh, person who was teaching. The What's class. your favorite constellation? I like uh, Andromeda. <laughs> I'm not a big like constellation a, guy. What Orion? Favorite planet? Yeah. Jupiter by far. Really? Jupiter is so massive. Yeah. It's so cool looking with those stripes. True. Yeah. A lot big, of gas, though. Big Jupiter guy. Yeah, I don't mind that. <laughs> Fine with that. So schools ranked. Flip that switch and what do you get? You get a electricity, electricity. Here's a little schoolhouse rock for you, Brock. Okay. Do you remember schoolhouse rock? Not much. Right. What? I'm just a bill. I'm Not only much. a bill. All right. Let's go through some others. We got some extreme. Mother don't want to go to school today. Mother don't want to go to school today. The great Nuno Betancourt on guitar. 
some mass. In that beautiful town of Libby, was did you have your elementary, middle school, and high school all pretty close to one another? Yeah. I mean, the whole town is pretty small. <laughs> the, yeah. the whole town's close to each other. Now it's just one elementary school and one high school. It's K through, like, eight? Eight or something, yeah. Oh, eight through nine, know. maybe. Oh. Hmm. Gotten smaller. Hang out by the schoolyard, like with Julio. We got uh, Schoolboy Q. Right, you knew that one, right, Brock? Mm-hmm. Or you could go more old school with Schooly D. You can really see how rap has changed in 25 <laughs> years between those two. The struggle getting that one. Uh, 80s, you got Britney Fox, school gir- uh, girl school. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, the Ramones we can throw in here. High school. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling this. More no. Are you feeling? If you feeling this, at all? Chuck Berry with School Day. Up in the morning and out to school. Which I love this song. Dude, Chuck Berry's awesome. Follow the rock and roll. You study him hard, hoping to pay. Chucks, right? We do Chucks? I think he maybe did. He was number one. For I love Chuck Berry. Mm-hmm. You got Steely Dan. I learned that Chevy Chase was supposed to be the third band member of that and left to go to acting. You said that the other day. Yeah. Weird. You got School by Nirvana, School by Fountain, well, or uh, Too Cool for School by Nirvana. I can if you want. Fine. Really? Oh, I don't know. It's off Bleach, track four. Ugh. Too cool for school. Fountains of Wayne. We got a bunch of movies and TV shows. Magic School Bus. School of Rock. Jack Black, right? And that's School also the Black. place Avery's working at. School of Rock. Pretty fun. High School Musical. Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Ernest Goes to School. Ski, hey, uh, ski June, School. June, school Ties. School June Days. Know, uh, Truth up on Twitter. Wanted to know have you ever ranked ranks? No. Oh, okay. Not yet. Why would we do that? Huh? Why would you, know anybody, don't, you know anybody that owns a schoolie? What is a schoolie? It's a school bus that's been converted into like a, like a tiny oh. home, basically. I don't think I do. Do you? There, yes, there's some very cool <laughs> Do you know like a lot of people who have that? A couple people that have them, yeah. You want some Beach Boys? So be true to your school. You ready for the top five? Let's go. Laura, I think you'll like the top five, even if you don't generally like rank. Here is number five, uh, the case of the PTA from leaders of the new school. It's just another case of that old PTA. Dude, young old school Buster Rhymes is the best. Wow. Leaders of the new school, awesome. Also sang on Scenario. All right, Morris still has nothing for that. Fine. Well, maybe you I need this. I believe we've played that song in rank like three times already. Okay, okay well, three. not today. Number four, <laughs> one of my all-time favorite comedies, Summer School. <sighs> Tension breaker had, had to, to be, be done. done. <laughs> Mark Harmon's so funny about that. I know you're not going to play it, but... Beauty School by the Deftones is definitely on my list here. Of course it oh, is. Beauty School Dropout from Greece. I didn't even think of that one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Number three, dropout. sticking with movies, Brock. 
the triple Lindy from Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to school. Back to school. Back to school. The triple Lindy. <laughs> Just the grass. When I when I hear Rodney Dangerfield, I just I don't know. I just see the grass. I think I just, that's fair. I think yeah. there's a there's a similarity there. Uh-huh. Those two would have got along beautifully. <laughs> I mean, first of all, everybody gets along with the grass. Second of all, Rodney Dangerfield is funny man. Oh, he was funny. just a funny character, just genius of comedy. Number two, schools ranked. Do you know who that is, Brock? No. What's ah. Alice Cooper? I thought you might know that one. I was looking for Alice Cooper. I thought you might know Alice Cooper. The answer we were looking for was yeah, who one. is Please, Alice number one, Cooper? Probably P.O.D. School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> yes, that is it. One. Yeah, as usual, number yeah. one is by P.O.D. P-O-D. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how this ends. Foreigner? <laughs> there's no I'm, foreigner. I'm sure there's a rush on. No, you've already mentioned it. This should, should be very easy. Number one school of all time? Oh! Boy, <laughs> All right, that is one of my favorite. There we go. Oh, Moore's we back, back on board. Hey. Phew. Nothing Moore was like too good. disgusted to even say anything annoyed today. She just like wouldn't even talk. Rock kept trying to talk and you kept cutting him off. You were just going a million miles a minute. We had a lot to get to. Nothing but dust in the wind. <laughs> Brock already, already distracted us from getting enough time with passing. I'm gonna get personal, personal. I Jeez. Well, it's been quite a day. It's been quite a day. That's going to be so good to play. It's going to be quite a day tomorrow, too. Every two. Yeah, I hope people know what they're in store for tomorrow. So, I don't know. Hopefully nothing major happens in sports because we got G. Scott coming in here at 730. And then our answer the question jerk insider in studio at 830. In studio? In studio. Answer the question jerk insider. First time in years. So uh, we'll uh, solicit some questions. If you want to send them to me, you can do that, of course, on Twitter at the Mike Salk. But yes, that will uh, that will be tomorrow at eight thirty. A special edition. Answer the question, jerk. With our answer, the question, jerk insider. Who would have guessed? Whoa, whoa, hello. Sorry. Right. Trying to play out okay. fast. Yeah, apparently we're done. We better <laughs> oh, make room for Bump and Stacy. They're coming up next, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning at six a.m. Till then, the hey, is in the bar park. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper.